O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, June 26th. Shabbat Shalom. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos eight, eleven and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Balak. Numbers 25, 1-9 While Israel was staying at Shittim, the people profaned themselves by whoring with the Moabite women who invited the people to the sacrifices for their god. The people partook of them and worshipped that god. Thus, Israel attached itself to Baal Peor, and Hashem was incensed with Israel. Hashem said to Moses, Take all the ringleaders and have them publicly impaled before Hashem, so that Hashem's wrath may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to Israel's officials, Each of you slay those of his men who attach themselves to Baal Peor. Just then, One of the Israelites came and brought a Midianite woman over to his companions in the sight of Moses and of the whole Israelite community, who were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. When Pinchas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the Kohen, saw this, he left the assembly, and taking a spear in his hand, he followed the Israelite into the humber and stabbed both of them, the Israelite and the woman, through the belly. Then the plague against the Israelites was checked. Those who died of the plague numbered 24,000. 2 Kings 9, 14-10-31 Thus Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Joram and all Israel had been defending Ramoth-Gilead against King Hazael of Aram. But King Joram had gone back to Israel to recover from the wounds 
which the Arameans had inflicted on him in his battle with King Hazael of Aram. Jehu said, If such is your wish, allow no one to slip out of the town to go and report this in Israel. Then Jehu mounted his chariot and drove to Israel, for Joram was lying ill there, and King Akayasu of Yehuda had gone down to visit Joram. The lookout was stationed on the tower in Israel, and he saw the troop of Jehu as he approached. He called out, I see a troop. Joram said, Dispatch a horseman to meet them and let him ask, Is all well? The horseman went to meet him, and he said, The king inquires, Is all well? Jehu replied, What concern of yours is it whether all is well? Fall in behind me. The lookout reported, The messenger has reached them, but has not turned back. So he sent out a second horseman. He came to them and said, Thus says the king, Is all well? Jehu answered, What concern of yours is it whether all is well? Fall in behind me. And the lookout reported, The messenger has reached them, but has not turned back, and it looks like the driving of Jehu, son of Nimshi, who drives wildly. Joram ordered, Hitch up the chariot. They hitched up his chariot, and King Joram of Israel and King Akahyahu of Yehuda went out, each in his own chariot, to meet Jehu. They met him at the field of Navot the Israelite. When Joram saw Jehu, he asked, Is all well with you, Jehu? But Jehu replied, How can all be well as long as your mother Jezebel carries on her countless harlotries? and sorceries. Thereupon Joram turned his horses around and fled, crying out to Akazyahu, Treason, Akazyahu! But Jehu drew his bow and hit Joram between the shoulders, so that the arrow pierced his heart, and he collapsed in his chariot. Jehu thereupon ordered his officer Bidkar pick him up and throw him into the field of Navot, the Israelite. Remember how you and I were riding side by side behind his father Ahab when Hashem made this pronouncement about him. I swear I have taken note of the blood of Navot and the blood of his sons yesterday, declares Hashem. And I will requite you in this plot, declares Hashem. So pick him up and throw him unto the plot in accordance with the word of Hashem. On seeing this, King Akazyahu of Yehuda fled along the road to Beth Hagen. Jehu pursued him and said, Shoot him down too. And they shot him in his chariot at the scene of Gur, which is near Iblim. He fled to Megiddo and died there. His servants conveyed him in a chariot to Jerusalem, and they buried him in his grave with his fathers in the city of David. Akazyahu had become king over Yehuda in the eleventh year of Joram, son of Ahab. Jehu went on to Israel. When Jezebel heard of it, she painted her eyes with coal and dressed her hair, and she looked out of the window. As Jehu entered the gate, she called out, Is all well, Zimri, murderer of your master? He looked up toward the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And two or three eunuchs leaned out toward him. Throw her down, he said, 
they threw her down, and her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses, and they trampled her. Then he went inside and ate and drank. And he said, Attend to that cursed woman and bury her, for she was a king's daughter. So they went to bury her, but all they found of her were the skull, the feet, and the hands. They came back and reported to him, and he said, It is just as Hashem spoke through his servant Elijah the Tishbite. The dogs shall devour the flesh of Jezebel in the field of Israel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be like dung on the ground in the field of Israel, so that none will be able to say, This was Jezebel. Ahab had seventy descendants in Samaria. Jehu wrote letters and sent them to Shomron, Samaria, to the elders and officials of Israel, and to the guardians of the children of Ahab, as follows. Now when this letter reaches you, since your master's sons are with you, and you also have chariots and horses and a fortified city and weapons, select the best and the most suitable of your master's sons, and set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they were overcome by fear, for they thought, If the two kings could not stand up to him, how can we? The steward of the palace, and the governor of the city, and the elders and the guardians sent this message to Jehu. We are your subjects, and we shall do whatever you tell us to. We shall not proclaim anyone king. Do whatever you like. He wrote them a second time, If you are on my side and are ready to obey me, take the heads of the attendants of your master's sons and come to me in Israel tomorrow at this time. Now the princes, seventy in number, were with the notables of the town who were rearing them. But when the letter reached them, they took the princes and slaughtered all seventy of them. They put their heads in baskets and sent them to him in Israel. A messenger came and reported to him, They have brought the heads of the princes. He said, Pile them up in two heaps at the entrance of the gate before morning. In the morning he went out and stood there. And he said to all the people, Are you blameless? True. I conspired against my master and killed him. But who struck down all of these? Know then that nothing that Hashem has spoken concerning the house of Ahab shall remain unfulfilled. For Hashem has done what he announced through his servant, Elijah. And Jehu struck down all that were left of the house of Ahab in Israel, and all his notables, intimates, and Kohenim, till he left him no survivor. He then set out for Shomron, Samaria, on the way, when he was at Beth Eked of the shepherds, Jehu came upon the kinsmen of King Akaziahu of Yehuda. Who are you? he asked. They replied, We are the kinsmen of Akaziahu, and we have come to pay our respects to the sons of the king and the, and the sons of the queen mother. Take them alive, he said. They took them alive and then slaughtered them at the pit of Beth Eked. Forty-two of them. He did not spare a single one. He went on from there, and he met Jehonadab, son of Rahab, coming toward him. He greeted him and said to him, Are you as wholehearted with me as I am with you? I am, Jehonadab replied. If so, said Jehu, give me your hand. He gave him his hand, and Jehu helped him into the chariot. Come with me, he said, and see my zeal for Hashem. 
and he was taken along in the chariot. Arriving in Shomron, Samaria, Jehu struck down all the survivors of the house of Ahab in Shomron until he wiped it out, fulfilling the word that Hashem had spoken to Elijah. Jehu assembled all the people and said to them, Ahab served Baal little. Jehu shall serve him much. Therefore summon to me all the Nevi'im of Baal, all his worshippers, and all his Kohanim. Let no one fail to come, for I am going to hold a great sacrifice for Baal. Whoever fails to come shall forfeit his life. Jehu was acting with guile in order to exterminate the worshippers of Baal. Jehu gave orders to convoke a solemn assembly for Baal, and one was proclaimed. Jehu sent word throughout Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came. Not a single one remained behind. They came into the temple of Baal, and the temple of Baal was filled from end to end. He said to the man in charge of the wardrobe, Bring out the vestments for all the worshippers of Baal. And he brought vestments out for them. Then Jehu and Jehonadab, son of Rahab, came into the temple of Baal, and they said to the worshippers of Baal, Search and make sure that there are no worshippers of Hashem among you, but only worshippers of Baal. So they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. But Jehu had stationed eighty of his men outside and had said, Whoever permits the escape of a single one of the men I commit to your charge shall forfeit life for life. When Jehu had finished presenting the burnt offering, he said to the guards and to the officers, Come in and strike them down. Let no man get away. The guards and the officers struck them down with the sword and left them lying where they were. Then they proceeded to the interior of the temple of Baal. They brought out the pillars of the temple of Baal and burned them. They destroyed the pillar of Baal, and they tore down the temple of Baal and turned it into latrines, as is still the case today. Thus Jehu eradicated Baal from Israel. However, Jehu did not turn away from the sinful objects by which Jehoram son of Nebat had caused Israel to sin, namely the golden calves at Bethel and at Dan. HaShem said to Jehu, Because you have acted well and done what was pleasing to me, having carried out all that I desired upon the house of Ahab, four generations of your descendants shall occupy the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to follow the teaching of HaShem, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not turn away from the sins that Jehoram had caused Israel to commit. Acts 17, 1-34 Now when they, Paul and his co-workers, had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, in his manner, was, went in to them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging, that Yeshua must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Yeshua, whom I preach to you, is Christ. And some of them believed, 
and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. And the Jews which believed not moved with envy, and took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city in an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren to the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come here also, whom Jason has received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Yeshua. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who, coming thither, went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed, also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go, as it were, to the sea. But Silas and Timothy abode there still. And they that conducted Paul brought him to Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timothy for him to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews, and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Other some, He seems to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached to them Yeshua and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is that you speak of? For you bring certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else, but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him declare I to you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of the heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the times before appointed, 
and the bounds of their habitation. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold, or silver, or stone, graven by art and a man's device. In the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained whereof he has given assurance to all men in that he has raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear you again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave to him and believed, among the which was Dionysus the Arapagite, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. Psalm 144, 1-15 Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust, who subdues my people under me. Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him? or the Son of Man, that you make account of him. Man is like to vanity, his days are as a shadow that passes away. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning and scatter them, shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Send your hand from above, rid me and deliver me out of great waters, from the hand of strange children whose mouth speaks vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song unto you, O God. Upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises to you. It is he that gives salvation to kings, who delivers David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaks vanity and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones, polished, after the similitude of a palace, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yes, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Yahweh Proverbs seventeen, twenty-seven and 28 He that has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise, and he that shuts his lips is esteemed a man of understanding.
I want to speak to you today from our reading from 2 Kings chapters 9 and 10. And we see a lot of action in these two chapters. We see that everything that was prophesied about Jezebel comes to pass. And in 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 10, it is written, Know then that nothing that Hashem has spoken concerning the house of Ahab shall remain unfulfilled, for Hashem has done what he announced through his servant Elijah. And Jehu is given the assignment from God to eliminate all the priests that serve Baal. And he tricks them and he tells them to assemble all together into one place because he said, if you think that Ahab worshipped Baal, he worshipped him a little, Jehu shall serve him much. And he acted with guile and deception and had all of the prophets of Baal and the priests of Baal come together into one place. And then he has them slaughtered. In verse 27, after they're slaughtered, they destroyed the pillar of Baal and they tore down the temple of Baal and turned it into latrines, as is still the case today. Now, one thing I want to bring forward to you, we also look at Jezebel and her demise and how she's pushed out through the window from a high place and falls to the ground, and then the dogs lick her blood. And later on, when they go to dispose of her body, they find only her hands and her feet and her head, and everything else is gone. So she was an exceedingly wicked woman, and she operated in concert with her husband Ahab. So what's that got to do with today? She's also called the Queen Mother. And so what's that got to do with today? This is huge because it's an evil spirit. Jezebel only operates with an Ahab. She doesn't operate alone. She's a master manipulator and controller. And that spirit can operate in an individual or two people, but it also can operate in nations, in leaders. It, it can be like a principality over a nation. In Revelation 17, we read of another extremely evil woman. And she is very much like Jezebel. Revelation 17, verse 1 to 5. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and all the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. 
and on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of the martyrs of Yeshua. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. I would submit to you that this woman described in Revelation 17 is the spirit of Jezebel, and the beast that she rides on is her Ahab. And that spirit is very much alive and well today on planet Earth. And if you have eyes to see, God will show you by his spirit how that spirit is operating in your family or in your city or in your nation, in the region of the world where you live. So this woman, this mystery Babylon woman, just like Jezebel and Ahab, she is a harlot and she encourages others who follow her to commit adultery. Let's jump back into 2 Kings chapter 10. Verse 31, or verse 29. However, Jehu did not turn away from the sinful objects by which Jehoram, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to sin, namely the golden calves at Bethel and at Dan. Verse 31. Jehu was not careful to follow the teaching of Hashem, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not turn away from the sins that Jehoram had caused Israel to commit. God hates idolatry. And in his view, when we worship other gods, it is the same as adultery, spiritual adultery or harlotry, whoring. And so that's one of the aspects or characteristics of Jezebel and of this mystery Babylon woman of Revelation 17. She herself is a harlot and she leads others into harlotries. The kings of the earth drink from that cup and they get drunk. They get filthy rich. And so what are, how does idolatry look today? People aren't normally bowing down to a statue unless you're a Buddhist. So it's more idols of the heart. Anything that you love or pursue or spend all of your time and energy at that's more than your love for God can become an idol of the heart. It could be a career. It could be the pursuit of money. It could be your spouse or your child. If you love them the same as or more than your love for God, it becomes an idol of the heart. It could be video gaming, being in front of screens all the time. Whatever it is where your affections, time, attention, and love is, that's where your heart Affection is being drawn to. And God hates idolatry. So we need to be aware of this dynamic that the Jezebel Ahab dynamic or the mystery Babylon woman and the beast that she rides upon is very much alive and well here today. Be aware of it and watch for it. Discern it. It can be in political systems. It can be in the media. It can be in the intelligence community. It can be in the top echelons of power with the puppets and their puppet masters who pull their strings. 
I want to conclude with today's proverb. It's short and pithy and to the point, but very, very wise. And the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And so when we read Proverbs each day, we're getting a little bit of the salt. Each day when we read the scriptures, we're getting some of the Hebrew scriptures, some of the Brit, a psalm, and a proverb. And to me, that's like the meat, the potatoes, the vegetables, the salt, and the dessert. To me, the psalms are the dessert. The proverbs are that little bit of salt. The Old Testament, the meat and potatoes. The New Testament, the vegetables. A complete full meal deal. So today's proverb, he that has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise, and he that shuts his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. There's a lot of wisdom in those words, and it's something that we can all apply to talk less and listen more, to hear and to listen with our heart. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.